Yo, what's going on everybody? Kofuzi here, and today I've got something a little bit different than the normal content that I put on the channel. Yesterday, I had a chance to sit down with three-time Western States champion, Jim Wamsley. He was very gracious to give me a little bit of his time after that phenomenal victory last weekend. I was, before I get to the video, I just wanted to go over two quick things. First, I wanna apologize uh, that the video quality isn't the greatest. I recorded it off of Zoom, and the resolution is a bit on the low side. Hopefully, the audio still comes through nice and clear so we don't have any issues, at least being able to hear what Jim had to say. Second thing is, I'm still pretty new at interviewing professional athletes. I talk to other running YouTube creators. This is kind of like the normal person that I would talk to uh, on this channel, but this is only, I think, the second runner interview that I've ever done, so thank you for your patience. Hopefully, I was able to get a different kind of angle coming out of Jim in terms of what his thoughts were coming out of the race and uh, what his thoughts are for the future. So here it is. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Western States champion, Jim Walmsley. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Uh, it is uh, a pleasure to be able to talk to you. Yeah, pleasure talking to you too. I think I uh, got caught up a little bit on some of your stuff coming out from the weekend and it looked like, uh, yeah, you had a fun weekend out at Western State. So I think out of the interviews, you're the first person that was actually at the race. Oh, cool. Cool. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm flattered that you're, that you're watching it. Um, that, uh, that's, that's very, I don't know why, but I find that surprising, but also, um, super awesome. Well, you tagged me in it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, so, uh, I, I, I know that you've already been through a couple of interviews today, but I'm thinking I, I, hopefully some of these questions will be a little bit different just cause my channel is just a little bit different here on YouTube. We focus a lot on running shoes. Um, so that's probably where a lot of it'll go, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that's been new, especially coming out with the new, uh, work with Wahoo that I also really want to be excited to, to dive into. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, first thing that really jumps out to me is I remember being at the finish line and see, seeing you come in and it was amazing just how fast you finish the race and then sit down and are interviewed right afterwards. Um, is that unusual to you too? Or is that just something like it's new to me? Um, I guess it's a little unique to Western States because mm -hmm. they have the speaker broadcasting ability. Most races mm -hmm. don't have uh, these big loud speakers set up mm -hmm. um, for a finish line, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's happened. It probably happens more on the track uh, back mm -hmm. in those days. I remember high school races, just bang, a camera gets put in your face or NCAs and stuff, uh, sure. full track stuff. So uh not too big of a deal. Um, usually you, you get a little bit of a cool down period now. Sure. Um, and so when you were sitting down and getting interviewed, it's, you had like a really nice kind of like a, a monologue or a speech that you gave about kind of your last training cycle and how it was, you know, a, a little bit of a different grind for you. Is that something that you had prepared ahead of time? Or is that something like you've got a lot of time out there on the course and you're putting it together as you go? Tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, it's totally off the cuff, but um, it's easy to talk about because it's just my experience. It's, uh, I like doing interviews about running because I like talking about running, but the other side of it is I don't have to necessarily prepare for it because a lot of my training is genuine and transparent and, um, I guess in a lot of ways, I'm the expert of it. So uh, it's very easy to just kind of talk through it um, and just honestly try to 
help people understand what I was going through and some of the difficulties that I experienced uh, with my injuries leading up to the race and um, kind of how I managed getting through them. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the lead up to the race, um, can we talk a little bit? I'm sure you've been talking like nonstop about the bucket hat, but if you'll indulge me, can we talk a little bit about the bucket hat? Yeah. So uh, I think maybe six or more months ago, uh, Hoka sent out just a kit um, and like the bucket hat was one of the things that came in it. And everybody's like, what the heck is this? Like, what are we going to use this for? And I think a lot of people, uh, we have a lot of Hoka athletes here in Flagstaff. So a lot of athletes were wearing it around almost jokingly. Mm-hmm. But I think when I saw it, I was just uh, maybe looking at it as more of a useful tool. And I'm like, Oh, I might bookmark this later and we'll, we'll see how this does. And so one of my plans just to come back to was to try it out in the heat and especially sunshine. Um, so I think two things I took away from testing it before the race was the shade was great. And then, uh, it actually held a lot more water in the hat than my other hat. So, um, being able to have water retention, uh, helps you just stay, wet longer. And, um, yeah, so it was definitely a beneficial tool that I was using. And it seems like in retrospect, but like once I, uh, finish the race and see some of the aftermath of the race, uh, yeah, the bucket hat, hat kind of took off a little bit. Do you think that we're going to see a lot more bucket hats on the course next year because of this? I mean, I think it makes sense. So, uh, <laughs> I, I would guess so. Um, I, I'll probably be wearing a bucket hat again as well. Um, I didn't see a need for it in the very beginning of the race. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I switched hats at Robinson flat and that was planned. So Mm -hmm. 50 K into the race. Very cool. Also into the buildup. This one was a little bit different for you than I think some of your other buildups because of the, the knee injury or the knee issues that you were having. Um, and that's where a lot of the Wahoo uh, products started to come in yeah. to play. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you kind of started thinking about, well, maybe I need to get on the bike a little bit if I can't run? Yeah. So um, I was getting pain in my knee from my IT band, uh, just some tendonitis in there. And basically uh, partnerships with Wahoo had started a bit earlier and it was just a really great to have a indoor bike. I have experience on Zwift and, and some cycling. Um, but here in Flagstaff, we don't have tons of options to do road riding, which is basically my preferred cycling, but also the safest for me to do by myself. Um, I fall, I have a mountain bike and I ride, but, uh, I fall a little bit and especially closer to an important training block. Um, I try to stay away from the mountain bike a little bit. So, uh, the, the kicker bike just becomes such a crucial, important kind of cross training tool for me. And, um, yeah, I'm planning on getting on it later today and help recovery and spin the legs out a bit. Um, I've kind of been cycling maybe since like 2012 after college running. So, um, it's something I enjoy and it's really cool tool to have. And, uh, yeah, I guess I, I like using it and I wish I could do it more as like a primary fitness too, but I just don't have enough energy for both. And then, um, I'm specifically with Wahoo to kind of bring on the, um, the rival watch. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I was using out there. And yeah, um, I saw, I saw it on your wrist. I, I I recently got, uh, got one today too. So yeah, I like the white color. Yeah. I don't think we're seeing as many white GPS watches, so it seems a little different and fresh. Um, but yeah, the splits were on, on cue and, uh, 
it, it worked all day and had battery life the, the next day to use it as a regular watch. So, uh, um, test, uh, passed. So it was great. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, I can't imagine very many tests that would be more rugged or thorough. Uh, yeah, we'll, putting it through your, uh, we'll go, go through a little today. more battery life, uh, at, at UTMB, but, mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Now, um, UTMB that's going to be coming up in August. Is that right? Yeah. It's about seven and a half weeks out right now. Um, okay. so that's where I did my first recovery run yesterday. Mm -hmm. I had three days completely off and just part of that's to help manage the traveling back home in addition to, um, media requests sort of things. It's nice to, that it all comes during a lower, uh, week of training. So, um, that helps manage the stress a lot. Um, but, uh, I'll be going out to Colorado next week to start my training for UTMB specific stuff, which will mm -hmm. be bigger mountains, bigger vert. Um, and it's exciting, but yeah, it's the end of August. Right. And so I think is back in 2018, you did kind of the Western States UTMB double. Is that right? Is that the last time you did that? Yeah. So I've done it in 2017 and 2018, mm -hmm. 2017, I DNF'd at Western States. And then I got fifth at UTMB, which, um, was probably the, one of the greatest ultras I think of all time was 2017 lineup at UTMB. Um, but had my own like really low point and rally and lying down for a bit at one of the aid stations. And then 2018, um, finally had my big breakthrough at Western States, um, running 1430 mm -hmm. and just thought I was, I just rolled it straight into training and probably had the best like race and training block I've ever had and came in the best fitness I ever had. And, uh, found out basically in, in the race that, uh, I think I had, very much overdone it. And, uh, I, I left my, my race and training and was quite a grind and eventually dropped out around, uh, 70, 80 miles or so. Right. And so like, as you approach the training this time, is this, is it going to be focusing mainly on getting up on those higher climbs or are you going to be incorporating and kind of borrowing some of this training block at all, or kind of what's your approach going to be? Yeah. Going into um, so first and foremost, I'd say I'm not completely out of the woods with the IT band from, mm -hmm. um, it was amazing cause I didn't feel it on race day at all. Mm -hmm. Um, incredible. but after running four miles yesterday, my first run, uh, I can tell I need to do a lot of my activation drills before trying to get out the door for a run today. Um, I am feeling a bit today, which has me like, ah, uh, yeah, it's not completely gone, mm -hmm. which is a bit unfortunate, but at the same time, I think the training block's going to be really conducive to, cooperating with it and eventually getting past it. So I, I feel okay about it. Um, but, uh, I'll be taking away the fact that I was able to try to dial back my training a little bit to compensate for the injury stuff. And, um, so not trying to do too much, I think will be a very big key takeaway mm -hmm. on this one. And, um, especially with only an eight week turnaround between the two races, which is not recommended. Uh, um, it will be erring on the side of less is more, I think, and trying to come in with a bit more freshness. Cause, um, this one, the speed of the race is slower. Um, the difficulty of the course is definitely harder in, uh, in some aspects, uh, other aspects is it's not as hard uh, regarding heat, but, um, the vert and going through the night are very difficult. Uh, so, um, bringing in freshness, I think will, will really help compensate for that. 
All right. And so as you prepare for this, I know um, for this race, for the Western States, you wore the Evo Speed Goats. Is the same for training and for racing going into getting ready for UTMB? Yeah. So um, I really like the Mafati Evo as well for UTMB. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start throwing that back into my cyclist shoe. Um, there's also a prototype shoe, um, that I think I might have the opportunity to debut, but I have less experience with that shoe right now where the Speedgoat Evo, I, I feel like I know that shoe inside and out. Um, I've been away from this, the Mafati Evo for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's going to be one of those three. Um, the, the okay. new, the new one's pretty interesting. It's, it's not, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. It's <laughs> well, kind of cool. I I'm sure you can't tell me about it, but I'm, I'm dying to hear more, more about it. But um, in addition to the shoes that you might race in, you know, I've been looking through some of the Strava posts at some of the other shoes that you run in. Of course, you ran in, you know, the Project Carbon X and Project, uh, the Carbon X2. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like what a week of shoes looks like for you? Um, for the Trail Ultras, uh, I am basically have been just using the Spigo Evos. Um, mm -hmm. when I'm doing, when I'm healthier and I'm running more versatile trails and mixing in either workouts or up tempo runs, um, probably the go-to shoes that I throw in the lineup would also be the, uh, the rocket X is probably my favorite for workouts. I find it the snappiest out of the Hoka shoes and, um, I'm able to do some pretty long runs in that shoe as well. Um, I've done a 50 K that, uh, actually trail race in that shoe. That was pretty good, um, before the marathon trials. And then, uh, the Clifton's going to be my go-to, um, day-to-day -day trainer, uh, that is anything not on a trail. So, um, between Speedgoat Evo, Mafati, uh, Clifton and Rocket X, that's probably my quiver. Um, the Zanal shoe just came out and I have two pairs of those. So, I'll probably take those out to Colorado as well. Um, just kind of, uh, having a couple extra dry pair of shoes. Cause I'm, I'm camping out there the whole time, basically. Cool. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's definitely my fun trip to disconnect from the world a little bit in between two chaotic events for mm -hmm. me. So, um, having some extra dries and owl shoes to, to play with as well, I think will be fun. Very cool. I, uh, I ran my first ultra trail race in the Zanal, uh, last month. So what'd you uh, think? It, it was a lot of fun for me, but, um, you know, it was my first time out there. I loved the Zanal the entire time, but for me, the, the race was good the first half and not so good the second half, yeah. but the shoes were really great. It was, um, uh, I've tried, uh, the Torrance as well. And, um, it was a little bit more kind of dialed in, uh, for attacking some of the Hills than the Torrance were. So I thought it was a similar fit, but more kind of race oriented. So. That's good to hear. Good. I, yeah. I haven't used the torrent too much. I, mm -hmm. I haven't really gotten along with that shoe as well. Mm -hmm. um, all right. The one other thing um, that I would love to be able to get into is uh, some of your um, early history. You ran for the air force uh, in college. Uh, and one of the things I recently discovered is that uh, you were I know you don't consider yourself a former steepler, but you did run the steeple chase at some point yeah. during college. Yeah. So, uh, I think my senior year of track, I was really fit. Um, and basically I was tired of not making nationals. I hadn't made nationals or a final, mm -hmm. uh, my whole collegiate career, but I was always kind of one of the first not to make it. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
so I just started, I basically picked up the 10 K and the steeple in my senior year and ran, I I've only ran one 10 K in my running career, um, where I ran 2908 and then, uh, picked up the steeple and the first steeple I ever did. Um, I broke nine minutes. Uh, and then I think the second one might've been at conference where I won conference in the mountain West. And then, uh, I mean, before I knew it, I, I had, I think I did five steeples total. So, uh, interesting journey. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I signed up to race my first steeple. It's coming oh, in gosh. three weeks. I, it's something that had kind of like for no real reason, piqued my interest, like, you know, over a year ago and then kind of everything happened. And so that kind of, that kind of lark was put on hold and I was like, all right, races are back open. I'm going to hop into a master's steeplechase at the end of the month. So I was like, I got, I got, maybe, maybe Jim can give me a tip or two about um, hopping into the steeple. Yeah. Chase. Keep the spikes on the track. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, um, yeah, just, uh, have a couple like practice the water jump, but at the same time, don't fear it. Cause okay. I think that'll cause its own problems. So you need to have the confidence with it. Um, and just, uh, attack them. So I, my problem when I did the steeple is, uh, I was kind of too boundy and I would clear the steeple by a foot or two, uh, okay. completely unnecessary. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think if, uh, you look at Emma Coburn might be the best example of, mm -hmm. um, even though the women's steeples are a bit lower, she just really smooth over them and not much wasted energy going over the steeples. So, um, but I think I, I lacked flexibility in college too. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually adopted more of a Kenyan kind of style to go over the steeples with, um, instead of your lead leg straight out, I think I liked it. My lead leg kind of bent to the same side that my trail leg would be on. Okay. All right. So, wow. I'll it was just more comfortable for me. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I know you were very busy during the last weekend of the track trials, uh, doing other things, but were you able to, are you following the track trials in terms of, I followed you? everything. Yeah, it was great. And then since then I've had to, the track trials was easy to follow. It was during my down week. I, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, however, uh, I'm also following the tour right now and that started on Saturday, mm -hmm. same day as my race. And since everything and traveling, uh, today was a big catch up day on the tour. So, uh, <laughs> um, missing a lot of crashes on that one, but, um, yeah. the track trials were amazing. Um, it's, uh, I think a lot of energy with that. And it's kind of cool that Western States fell on like the tail end of it. It almost felt like a, an event to watch. If you're already watching track this week and following, um, it kind of maybe should be coordinated more often. That was, I don't know, in my opinion, pretty cool. I mean, it just felt to me, uh, like there was just a lot of running energy just kind of in the air on social yeah. media, everywhere you looked, it was like something big was happening in the running world. Uh, whether you're from everything from, you know, hundred meter dash all the way to hundred mile race. So it was, I, I thought as a, as a fan of running, it was pretty intense. Yeah, it was amazing. And, um, even on like ginger runner live podcast mm -hmm. thing, like we're, we're doing it during, I think, um, might've been a 1500 5k night and we missed both. And I think there were women's races and it was like, don't talk about it. And like, <laughs> not allowed in the, the chat room. And, um, so yeah, very much. I think Claire Gallagher was on that as well. And mm -hmm. we were both, uh, very anxious to, to replay, um, the races from the night. Very cool. Um, one of the things that I also was, uh, wanted to connect with you about is the kind of connecting your, 
college cross country running and kind of like you're running now is, you know, there isn't, there doesn't, there's no kind of like team aspect to, uh, trail running, but, you know, looking at what you guys are doing with the Coconino Cowboys, a lot of very talented runners that are training together and frequently racing together. Do you think that there's room for something like that in this sport or is the Coconino Cowboys just a one-off and, you know, that's kind of the only, maybe there'll never be anything else like it. Yeah. I think, um, I, I would say I've kind of had to, um, do a bit more training by myself nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, not quite as much with them. I think a lot of them have similar goals and, um, training together sometimes conflicts that, mm -hmm. but, uh, I think they have a fun thing going, um, with the Coconino Cowboys. Uh, I don't, yeah, not really. I'm would say I'm more of a solo runner these days, but, uh, I would love to see some teams come into trail running. I think, um, there's enough room for everyone and, the camaraderie is different in trail running it's less cutthroat and, um, more of a community. So I like it. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess I have ideas. I, I think, um, post-collegiates kind of don't have much of a safety net if basically sponsors don't see them as a future Olympian. Um, it's a really hard world for college runners to try to find, or even just young adults to get into running. Um, I think there could be a really good net to just introduce really talented American runners into trail running. And that could also be short mountain races like 12 K's or uphill races that are just VO two maxes or mm -hmm. just flat non-technical, um, 10, 20 K's. Um, I think it would be a really nice break for a lot of runners in that kind of age group. Um, and, but I, I think, uh, getting the right team, um, I guess, network of sponsors and mm -hmm. coach and idea and mentorship. Mentorship, I think, would be really important in that because um, for most people getting into it, it's pretty new and can be intimidating in some aspects or like I've never ran in the – some people literally, like I've never ran in the forest out by myself. Like mm -hmm. is that safe? Is it okay? And um, just having some encouragement to uh, do it confidently safely and um have fun with it i think uh yeah there's definitely room for that that's awesome um so in terms of uh jumping back to to western states you know there was a lot of talk about you having completed the three-peat um what do you think you have a lot more left to do at western states what are your thoughts on that going forward um I think it was a big realization of how much uh, I missed it with mm -hmm. planning not to come back in 2019 or sorry, excuse me, 2020 or 2021. Um, I had plans to go to comrades and try to um, check that box uh, and work on another project basically. Um, but it was a lot of fun to be back. And uh, I think the takeaway, especially given the last year and a half is going to be uh, putting my name on the start line and, I'll let the chips kind of start falling next year before I make a decision whether to, to come back or not. Um, yeah, it does feel a little bit like my uh, place at Western States is a little carved in now, but um, I, so what if it isn't? Uh, like, I feel like I have a great time there. Mm -hmm. I enjoy doing the race. I enjoy the course um, and the community around the race is worth it 
with or without, I, I would say winning like I have. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I could very much find myself, uh, older down the road, um, still enjoying Western States and many other capacities. Yeah. I mean, it's just had a very like big, like family reunion type of feel to it. Even for me being the first time experiencing it in person, there was just such a sense of, um, happiness that everyone had just to be back uh, in that place again it, that was pretty remarkable and there was just so many people it was like everyone was there it was i was starstruck the entire time yeah it was a lot of fun and um yeah lots of close friends so definitely yeah you know i i even had the opportunity to to meet your dad uh <laughs> at, the, at the race uh I, we didn't realize we were talking to your dad but uh we saw a guy like in full hoka gear and we were like we we like, we like your jacket. We like your hat. And he's like, well, they do a really good job of sponsoring my son. And we're like, who, who's your son? And he goes, Jim. And we're like, Jim Wallace. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. So we got to meet your dad. He's, he, he's super nice. He enjoys the limelight that comes with uh, <laughs> me racing there. So uh, sometimes in my opinion, too much, but um, <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? I think uh, parents always find a way to, to, make us a blushed to say it the light way. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm just glad he had a good weekend there. Yeah. He was, he was super excited. Uh, to, he, he looked like he was a very proud dad, uh, which, <laughs> which I, I can understand. Yeah. Very cool. So. All right. Well, Jim, that's all. I don't want to take too much more of your time. Thanks so much. You're so generous with your time today. Um, that's all I got for you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on and great speaking with you. All right. Good luck at UTMB. Thank you. So there you have it, my conversation with Jim Wamsley. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I do want to thank Jim once again for being so generous with his time and also being patient with me. I know some of my questions probably weren't the most succinct or eloquent and probably were out of complete order. So I know some of them kind of came out of left field, something that I'll be working on hopefully for the next race that I get to interview him after four. So that's all I have for today, everybody. Thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of the video. Hopefully you guys are staying safe out there on your runs and I'll see you in the next one. Yo, what's going on?